Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the New Normal Hobby podcast in Series 3. Um, today, folks, we have the absolute pleasure uh, of being joined by Fergal McCormick, uh, Managing Director of F uh, PKF FPM. Now, many of you, as I said, will know Fergal, and he doesn't really need an introduction, but for those small few people that he don't, um, Fergal sort of founded uh, PKF FPM back in 1991 with a very clear vision of empowering colleagues and clients and really being future ready for delivering business growth and wealth solutions. Over the years, the team has grown to sort of the now office base with sort of five offices uh, across the country and a team of approximately 150 people. And our team at Obby, we thought we had won a few awards until we looked through sort of Fergal and the whole team. So. We would be here all day if we looked at all of the awards, but just some of the more notable ones in terms of Fergal himself within recent years. He's been named as Irish Accountancy of the Year, also Partner of the Year at the British Accountancy Awards. The team have three years running, one mid-tier uh, Accountancy Team of the Year at the British Accountancy Awards. They've won Large Practice of the Year at the Irish Accountancy Awards last year, Irish News Employer of the Year, and have moved within the last two years from the 64th best company to work for in the Times in 2018 up to 27th top company. In conclusion, again, they've also got an honorary degree for the Commitment to Society uh, for Business, Economic and Social Community. So with all of that, Fergie, you probably just retire tomorrow morning with those amount of awards coming through. But again, we really, really appreciate your time uh, and thank you for being here today. One of the big things, again, in terms of uh, from a strategy side of things and looking at obviously PKF FPM is again recently within the website you look very much about the evolving um, with the recent COVID side of things and your sort of strategy in terms of respond, rebound and reflect. Now we all know that the last three months has been I think say challenging for the entire Northern Ireland business community and the wider economic side of things but with the amount of clients and variety of people you work with, how do you see things sort of now, knowing obviously three months have been fairly challenging on the ground? Well, I think, uh, first of all, we have to acknowledge that we're currently living and working in extraordinary and uncertain times. And, you know, despite the fact that we're into this three months, I think what we now know for definite is that we're going to have to learn to live with COVID-19 as well as post-COVID-19. And, uh, you know, in terms of that uncertainty, you know, really, you really have a triplet uncertainty if you think about it. Your first thing you have the uncertainty with the disease itself. Are we going to be able to eliminate it? Are we going to get a vaccine? And if we get a vaccine, will it actually suppress the disease? Then you have the uncertainty in terms of its economic impact uh, on business and on economies. And we'll come back and talk about it. And finally, if you think about it, you have the uncertainty about people's behavior. Now, I mean, that's really the big one because, uh, you know, there, there is no doubt about it that um, behaviours have changed fundamentally. Actually, some may add that it's been the most significant shift in human behaviour in the world over the last uh, 12 weeks because the psychologists say it takes about 12 weeks of changed behaviour to become a habit. And uh, if you think about it, over the past 12 weeks, we've now really moved into a position where you're into the whole virtual activity in terms of remote working, in terms of uh, online shopping, in terms of socialising. And, and I think what you're really seeing is you're seeing a number of trends which had already started significantly, but now accelerating a phenomenal pace, such as digitalization, such as green sustainability issues, such as lifestyle. And uh, it's fair to say, I think we're all currently fixated with health. And uh, I need to do a bit of work on that myself personally. 
with that sort of obviously the habit forming side of things, as you said, the sort of the sort of twelve month period, where we sort of have moved from now, the challenge of the last three months, and many people sort of progressing now into an element of stability of this new normal, with many businesses really moving forward into either evolving businesses they've kept open for the last three months, or in many cases we see obviously the hospitality industry and the likes of those that are just restarting open. How does that sort of habit side of things really look for yourself going forward with businesses? Well, I think it's fair to say, correct, that we've got over the initial shock phase. And uh, when we got over that phase, then we got into the whole area of, you know, risk assessment, planning for recovery, perhaps you know, uh, resetting, uh, reanalyzing a root and branch review of our products and services and what they could look like going back and what perhaps they may be required to look like in terms of the marketplace. And I think what that really tells us is, is the importance of resilience. And resilience doesn't happen overnight. Resilience is all about business culture. It's all about how you ensure interwoven within your culture is that whole ethos of confidence, of adaptability, of agile, of being flexible, of actually having a strategy, a, a flexible strategy. And you know, if you think about it, those things don't happen overnight. And we, we can't be expected uh, to know all the answers, uh, or indeed to need to know all the answers, but we can be expected uh, to need to know that we have an ability to collaborate with our team through an open and fertile environment where we encourage discussion and debate to come up with the solutions. And you know, uh, the one sure thing we do know is based on past, uh, past empirical research, you, uh, you innovate or you evaporate. And uh, uh, you know, that's fundamental. And if you look at Harvard, Harvard come up with a very interesting research. And I actually do believe with um, uh, David McWilliams that we're not in a recession or a, a depression, we're actually in a pandemic, which is a, a one-off generation thing that uh, which is a major impact both economically, social, and politically. But even allowing for that, um, I, I think it's uh, it's fundamental that we actually have undermining agility built throughout our organisations and processes. And you talked as well, Fergal, obviously about those sort of three uncertainties with the disease. But coming back to sort of that economic uncertainty, with the sort of furlough side of things starting to taper off over the next sort of three, four months, whatever time frame, depending on the business. How do you see that going, particularly where many businesses have been shielded and protected as that starts to change going forward? Well, I think without doubt, to be fair to the, the government in London and indeed to the non executive, a very significant efforts were made in the short term to help people in that shock phase. Uh, I think now you're really about to come to the real world uh, and you're going to, people will have to take hard decisions. And they've had, to be fair, they've had a few months, um, probably many of those months without any revenue, uh, to take stock and, and start to plan for the future. And I think that, you know, risk assessments would have to have been carried out in terms of uh, the key revenue, you know, uh, supply chain. If you think about it, I'm not convinced that any Western government is ever going to rely on China again for, for, for key products. And if you think about that, you know, in the past, the supply chain was all about price. I think it's now moving perhaps to trust and security, security of supply. That will create opportunities in terms of people's strategy. Then you go and look at your workforce. I mean, coronavirus is not away yet. hasn't gone away yet. So, I mean, again, how are we going to plan? And more importantly, do we have the right mix of staff going forward? Now? And having said that, then ultimately, yeah, the key is going to be cash flow still in the short term, liquidity, our costs, 
So what I, I honestly think will happen is, and I'm I, not only do I think it, uh, I would say that about 65 to 70 percent of all our clients, if not more, have now moved into the recovery phase. They've now moved into moving from the original what I call, um, you know, uh, cash survival into now a business continuity recovery plan. And uh, that is in many instances requiring people to say, look, you know, maybe we can do things better. Maybe, maybe we, where we're going to isn't where we came from. You know, yesterday's methods aren't going to be a success tomorrow. But the foundation stones are. If we have the right foundation stones, we can build on it. Because again, empirical research proves that in any major disruption in business, the fittest will survive. So our, our desire should always be to get into that fittest position, to get into that best practice, to outperform our competitors. You know, it was, I think it was Michael Porter who said, in terms of defining strategy, he said, strategy is all about selecting between alternatives and being different. How do you achieve differentiation in the marketplace? Why? Why will somebody want to buy your product or service? And you know, this isn't the first time, Gareth, you've heard people say, it's not the what or the how, it's the why. So all we're doing is showing a, a flexibility and adaptability to say, you know, we can embrace change. We have a team that's raring to go. We have a team, I think the key to it is your people. And I really think if you've created the culture whereby, you know, certainly in our own organization, we're very, very big on uh, OF opportunities for improvement, cups of coffee with staff, weekly pulse surveys have gone on the whole time right through the entire uh, pandemic. Um, we've actually done a, a weekly uh, one-hour update every Monday morning uh, to our 120 staff wherever they're located remotely on a private YouTube channel. So you know you, you've got to bring people with you, but they've all you've got to empower. I'm I, I would be suggesting that the key to going forward, you know, is connecting, empowering, and evolving. Because if your recovery plan is based on you think about it, sustainability, relevance, and trust. You can't go far wrong, but you're going, we're all going to have to accept that tomorrow's customers' behaviours won't be yesterday's, and uh, we're going to have to change. And obviously, you know, a number of sectors you're in yourselves, whether it be the elder care sector, whether it be the child care sector, you know, there will be changes. I think the way we work, you're going to see, uh, without doubt, a movement towards the 24-7 clock. I think you're going to see, you know, that may require restaurants to open up 24-7 to accommodate the people who may be working all night. That may, you know, child care, I think you're going to see changes. So I do think you're going to see very significant changes. Certainly that whole virtual area we worked about, we talked about, I mean, uh, you're, you know, one note doesn't know where we're going to finish, but you can be sure of one thing. You're going to see a significant reduction in business travel. You're going to see a significant increase in virtual activity and online activity. And, you know, within that comes a number of new pressures because in the past we could do an advertisement for a full page. We could go on and talk maybe in a webinar, but the new, the new skill set, we're going to have to be really concise with our message. It's going to be like a TV program. You know, you think of the radio, you can maybe sit for two or three minutes and you can look at all your notes. The TV, the producer has to sort it out in maybe 15 seconds. So, and it's a lot harder to do that 15 seconds engagement. So there is major challenges for it. How do we get across why, what we're doing different? Why, how, what benefits are we adding? And you know, there's nothing new, but what's new is that maybe we need to move a new pace to determine what benefits are we going to provide to people? You know, I personally believe and we've always had within our practice, there's only three benefits. And you know, no matter what you look at, one, 
you know, does it save you time? Two, does it make or save you money? And three, does it give the person peace of mind? And you know, how often if you look at a tender or something else that comes in, it's all about features. It's not about benefits. People won't have time anymore with features. People will want to know why. Why, McCormick, should we buy your property? Why should we buy your service? And I think behind that question, Gary, is a lot more sophistication because it's really down to then planning. It's really down to strategy. It's really down to efficiency and more importantly, effective process of working on the business rather than in the business. It's down to, I personally have always held the view that the most important form of communications is internal communications. In 29 years, we've never had a brochure. I believe you, you know, your staff or your ambassadors or your assassins. If they're not out saying the right thing, you have a problem about your business. And similarly, I think, you know, accountability, shared responsibility, and humility. Isn't that a lovely, uh, a lovely quality? No arrogance, no complacency, no ego. We're always just trying to do things better. That's not saying we ever did them wrong in the past, but what's motivating us is to help people, to care for people. Uh, I often say to my colleagues, we don't sell anything. We go out to help people. And in the course of helping people, that may create business, but the help and the care must take priority over the sale. You'll be very proud, Teresa, and all your team that are looking after our PKF for the last few years. So Teresa, let us down in Norway in terms of the three things, time, money, and mitigate risk. So uh, she's done a, a brilliant job on that one. So she, she drilled it in from day one. Yeah. Sorry, I think you're at three, you did mention our Evolve program. And, and to be honest with you, that, that was developed within seven days. And it's amazing the, the feedback we've got to that within within just five days. That whole area of the three REs, you know, basically being, you know, respond smarter, rebound stronger. Mm and reflect clearer. And really what we're all trying to do, there's nothing new in this. This is just having a little bit of succinct thinking to stand back out of it, to take a holistic look at our business. And then to say, look, we don't know, we can't view this in the future with certainty. So therefore we must put the confidence within our team that we will adapt to any changing circumstances. You know, it, it, I, I always say, and, I, and some people don't like me saying it, but you know, our current circumstances don't determine where we go. Determine where we start. And similarly, you and I can't control the pandemic, but we can control our response. And that's very important. We need to, we'll be judged more by our response to the current economic crisis than we will be uh, to what had happened. And that bit further, very much you've talked about the opportunity side of things, you know, as you said there, for example, and I know it's one of your mantras, you've cited many times about the ability to sort of be survival through innovation or evaporate. But with companies, for example, like yourself, who are very, very proactive and always doing that, it may come a little bit easier. But for those companies that, for example, have looked back, as you say, well, actually, we now need to innovate and maybe it's not something we've done in the past. With the opportunities, as you said, you know, supply chain, China and things like that, how does the company look at, in your opinion, and all the experience you have, maybe be a little bit more innovative where traditionally they have been a little bit more in a sort of straight line path and try and change? Well, I, I, I think that if you don't embrace uh, adaptability and agility and flexibility, you won't have a future. And uh, to be upfront about it, um, I, I go back to the comment I made a few seconds ago. Our current circumstances don't determine where they go. They merely determine where we start. 
but we can't be blind to the current environment. And the current environment is expecting us to move with pace, to change to the, the, the evolving circumstances. But if we have the right team, you know, I, I, I once heard a, a guy who had an awful lot of time for say to me, the key to all business is your talent. If you get the right talent, and you 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 create that energy and uh, uh, you know uh, camaraderie among the team with a united vision, there's nothing you can't achieve. And, you know, you think about it. I'm even watching it, uh, President Trump here. I must say, it would cause a lot of this times great concerns. But if you look at his scientific advisor, look at the confidence that guy has that eventually they're going to come up with a vaccine. But, uh, you know, think about that. Why is that? That's because he has confidence in the processes, he has confidence in the scientific community, and he has confidence based on past records that we may not know today, but with the brains and the skill and the talent management that he's going to ensure the scientific community implements, he's confident we'll have in the not too distant future. And coming sort of towards the end of the side of things, Virgil, from your side, there's been an awful lot of very positive stories coming out of this, but from the overall business community in itself, what sort of positives do you see coming out of this sort of challenge? Well, I think if we're all being honest, it, 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 uh, without choice, uh, we had to quickly pause and reflect. Uh, and I think there's none of us that can't do things better in the future. I think it is also perhaps uh, you know, uh, at times perhaps we were busy fools. At times perhaps we're spending too much time, time traveling to A and B to meetings. You know, uh, perhaps all we had to do was it was forced upon us. But did we really think of virtual? Did we think, you know, I'm all, I personally believe business and indeed life is all about people and relationships. But did we, had we convinced people? I certainly hadn't. That virtual was a very impressive way to go forward. So I, I think that, look, like any of these situations, I think we should not undermine. There's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of communities, indeed, families have suffered uh, at a level, at a health level, and at a personal loss level, uh, which, which you know, peels into insignificance in terms of economics when we acknowledge that. But, but, always remember, you know, in individual actions matter, and individual choices will determine our future. And so long as we're willing to have, what I would say, guts, to push the boundaries out, to take risks, uh, but equally acknowledge that if we get it wrong, go back and correct them. We've got to keep moving forward. You know, we've got to let our engines roar. We've got to open our, our shoulders. We've got to have confidence in our team. And we've got to say to our team, this isn't for me to do, this is for us to do. Who so runs? But somebody will need food. Somebody will need products. Somebody will need healthcare. Somebody will need sports equipment. Somebody, somebody, somebody. And how do we make sure? And that's why I think some of the great examples, whether it be O'Neill's with block blinds, some of these were phenomenal examples of agility and flexibility quickly moving. You know, yeah, people didn't need sports equipment, but they didn't need uh, protective equipment. You know, people didn't maybe need blinds for a week or two, but they didn't need face protection. So, you know, make no mistake about it. If you look back, and, and I come back to the Harvard Business Review, which I, I like to read from time to time, they made a phenomenal observation having studied economic crisis over the last uh, 300 years. And they said quite often people overmanage and underlead during a period of economic crisis. And what does that mean? You know, we all want to go into the fire, get into the operational side, but we'd be far better 
empower our team to do that. Stand back. Leaders lead. Leaders influence. Leaders inspire. Let's work on the business. Let's enjoy. Let's have fun. This is a phenomenal challenge, a very difficult challenge. One we'd rather hasn't happened. But equally, I don't know about you. I don't want to go back. I want to go forward. And on that side of things, in conclusion, very much coming back to, as you said, the leader's lead side of things, I think anybody knows you, and I have the privilege of knowing you sort of well over sort of 20 plus years. I'd say most people agree, down the line, somebody's going to write either your autobiography or maybe turn into a Hollywood blockbuster. So when either of those happen and they look back and they're doing this from a chapter for Fergal. I got to assure you not, assure you not, but go ahead. So if they look at the sort of the, the 2020 chapter, what does it say uh, from that chapter of your life for sort of 2020? So, so what do you mean there? Do you want, do you want, I mean, basically, uh, if you're asking me what I'd like to be remembered for from a business career or whatever, yeah. uh, I have very simple objectives. It's, it's, it's virtually to leave a legacy firm, but personally, it's really to be a, a, a good husband and a good father and to have made, hopefully, some positive difference to society. Um, I think from a pure business point of view, uh, I think that the key to any business person or business is its legacy. And that's not for me to judge. But that's the that's the motivation to leave a legacy behind. Well, on that note, as I said, a massive thank you, and particularly sort of tying back for anybody listening that maybe hasn't been on PKFFPM's website. There's an absolute plethora of information. It's probably one of the best ones I've seen for a long time in terms of sort of starting information. And again, I'm saying that as well as a client of theirs as well. I certainly uh, the team are exceptional. So if you're not kind, definitely give them a shout. Uh, and again, a, a massive, massive thank you to Fergal uh, and all the team uh, for setting up today. I very much appreciate Gareth, thank you very much. My privilege. And uh, it's working together. We all learn from things. And certainly I learn as much uh, from my clients as perhaps I even have a chance to contribute to them. But uh, it's in partnership and it's all a learning experience. Life's all about people and relationships. Very best wishes. Thanks a million, Fergal. Thank you, Gareth.